Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is time for Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. I am Scott Branson, your host, and along with my co-host and my partner in this show, by the way, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you better do it. Make sure you get your, wherever you get your podcast, just hit subscription and then hit the auto download. And wherever you come to your, your audio, when you show up there and there's a new show, this little icon of Mo stands up and it says Midtown Mo, Midtown Mo. No, I'm just kidding. It'll just be there for you. So you can download it and get ready to roll and listen to the latest show. So we appreciate you doing that as well. We are an Odyssey original podcast and we appreciate your support. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscription button and also make sure you like it. But then also hit the the uh, notification bell. That way, whenever we have a new show, guess what happens? You get a notification, a little ding ding to tell you that we are back on your screen screen to talk some Raiders football. All right, so we are back. Mo Moten is, again, my partner here. He is a national writer over at Bleacher Report covering the NFL in its entirety, but also covers the Raiders and is a Raiders columnist. He's been very busy this week, by the way, with Raiders columns up on sportsnot.com, so make sure you go and check that out. Follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. Mo, we're going to dive right in. Uh, Raider Nation is just fired up over all sorts of things, and we're going to talk about some of those subjects tonight. But uh, we we dubbed this show kind of What's the Plan? And that's what we got to get into, and we're going to get into that over the next few minutes. But the, the reality of the situation here, Mo, and you said it the other day, I think it was on Sunday, and, and I agree with you, even though I resisted using the word for a long, long time, is... It's a rebuild, uh, and some people aren't happy with that. Some people say you can't rebuild when you have all this talent on offense, they say, blah, blah, blah. Tell us your thoughts on this. We'll get into the Raiders' free agency moves more in-depth next segment, but overall, talk to me about the rebuild. Talk to me about uh, this Raiders team and why there might be some, at least at this moment, room for concern. It's a rebuild. Now, some people will say, you know, when you look at some of these articles, they'll they'll put out these 
other words to describe what a rebuild is. This is a rebirth. This is a revolutionary <laughs> period. This is a transition. This is a re, you know, all types. It's a rebirth. You know, that's it's a rebuild. That's that's exactly what this is because you can look at the characteristics of what the Raiders are doing right now. What are they doing right now? They they replaced their QB. They're signing a lot of guys that are culture fit or system fits. Mm-hmm. They're conservative in free agency. And that's usually what you see when a new regime takes over, comes in, a new head coach, a new general manager. What do they do? They dump some of the guys that were starters from the previous regime. They they change their quarterback situation. They get rid of the quarterback that was there, and they get a bridge gap guy who's now Jimmy G. And then they go into free agency. They don't spend too much in free agency. They just put a bunch of stock gaps in areas where they need talent. And then they go into the draft. They compile draft picks. That's, that's another big characteristic of a rebuild. They compile a lot of draft picks. The Rays have 12 draft picks. And I know a lot of people want to say a lot of them are after or after round three. And I get that. But the Raiders still have four top 100 draft picks and one at 109. Let's remember that Max Crosby, who's their best defensive player, was pick 106 in the 2019 draft. Fourth so before round? you dismiss all these fourth and fifth round picks, let's just remember when Max Crosby was drafted. People say, well, that's an outlier. And I agree. He is an outlier. You don't come easy to see Max Crosby's in the fourth round. But my point stands the fact that the Raiders have to focus on the draft and developing that draft talent because that's why they're in this mess right now. <laughs> it's because they haven't been able to draft well. On Monday, yeah. I brought a tweet. I asked Raider fans. I said, when was the last Raiders draft that you felt was an above average class? And you know what most of them said? 2014. Right. The year Derek Carr was drafted. Dar- Absolutely. The, the Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, uh, Gabe Jackson, Jelly Ellis, that yep. draft. I believe yep. Shelby Harris is also on that draft class too. But it CJ Carey as well, who was solid. But that goes to show you by that answer, you haven't had an above average draft class in nearly a decade. Yeah. So Crazy. what do you think is going to happen to your talent pool? You have to keep spending money in Fragency because you're drafted poorly. So if you look at the Raiders dead cat right now, so not only did they have they drafted poorly over the past nine years, they owe 30 million in dead cap to players that are not <laughs> on their roster. Right. A third of that dead cap money is going to Corey Littleton. He's he's still getting 10 million for not being on a Raiders roster. Carl Nassib is getting 5 million for not being on the roster. Alex Otherwood is getting 3.9 million for not being on the roster. K and Drake is getting 4.4 million for not being on the roster. So you've drafted poorly. You've signed poorly and you're still paying players who are not on the roster. What do you expect? A yeah. rebuild. Yeah. And it, it, what's interesting too, Mo, is I said at the first day of free agency when the, the two-hour freakout occurred, I think for a lot of fans because the Raiders hadn't signed names by then, is I, I, I made a comment about playing chess. And I think people misconstrued it at the time because it wasn't chess like there was some massive move coming, although I did think that they would make at least one big signing, which they did not, uh, outside of Garoppolo, that is. And But my point was the chess game is a long game, meaning that if you look at what this team is doing and what they need to do, and you and I have been saying this consistently, by the way, which is to build a long-term winning team, you have to build through the draft. And guess what? Somebody said it to me yesterday. Yeah, they're not going to draft enough guys to make that defense really good in one year. And, and you're right. They're not going to. And so what they're doing by not signing this whole slew of high name free agents. And I've seen people say, well, how come you didn't sign this guy? He's only $8 million. This guy was only $6 million. Let me tell you, it adds up. And to your point about the money that's in the dead cap to people like Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib, it precludes you from doing that. You can do it. You can go out and make big splashes, 
But is it long-term going to make you better? I know fans are tired of hearing it. I don't blame them. And so they want excitement. They want to see that the corner is being turned. The unfortunate part is because of those bad drafts, you talked about it, almost a decade without a good draft, an overall draft, and then the last three or four have been horrific. What happens is you can't. You have to, You have, at some point, you have to stop. You have to build the talent on your roster with young talent, especially with your contract situation and your cap situation, and you have to go from there. And that's where the Raiders are at. So, yes, call it a rebuild. Um, and a lot of people then bring up, Mo, and I want to get your answer because you have a great answer for this one. You see everybody say, well, they came in last year and they didn't say it was going to be rebuilding. They kept Derek Carr and they gave him that extension. They gave him the Waller extension, which you and I were both against. And then, of course, uh, they signed Max Crosby, Devontae Adams to the big contract. The answer to that to me is very simple, but I'll let you give it. But why they came into this and why why they didn't call it a rebuild last year. A lot of people think that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Mark Davis lied to the fans by saying, no, we're not doing a rebuild. And and I've always said that and you've said I know, which is, well, at the time, that's what they truly believed. I'm not making I'm not trying to play semantics. I'm just right. saying things change when you get in. It's like, hey, I bought this business and I get in and they tell me the employees are great. So I go in, I work for six months and I realize, whoa, I got to fire half the staff because they don't fit my mold. Right. And I'm going to piggyback off of what you just said right there. They tried with the Mayor Gruden guys. Yes. For the most part. Now, Alex Leatherwood, they gave him a whole camp. They said, we'll see what he's got. He didn't fit the mold. They waived him. Jonathan Abram in the middle of the season, they gave him, a, they gave Jonathan Abram a chance, former first round pick, didn't fit the mold apparently, cut him in the middle of the season. Cleveland Farrell, who's now with the 49ers, gave him a chance, didn't do much with the new regime. His snap count had dropped basically every year from his rookie season. So there are guys that they've tried. Derek Carr, prime example, mm-hmm. they tried. Mm-hmm. You know, they kept him. It, he didn't fit the mold. There, there are reports now that he wasn't a culture fit. So it wasn't like. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels came in and let these guys go immediately. They gave these guys, some of them through training camp, some of them through half the season, some of them for the most, for most of the season, like Carr and Cleveland Farrell to, to show, okay, I can fit the mold of what you want. And it just didn't work out. So now that that didn't work out, you got to change course. You got to pivot. And what do you do? You have to get rid of guys. You have to bring in some of your own guys, culture fits, system fits, as I said at the beginning of the show, yep. that fit what you're looking for. And that's, that doesn't happen overnight because you have something called, I know people say the cap is a, you know, cap room is a myth, but you, it's not a myth. It's very manageable in a certain sense. But yeah. if you're doing, if you're transitioning from one regime to another, you can't do everything in one shot. You have yeah. to kind of do it in segments and spurts in certain periods of time. So they let some guys go at the camp. They let some guys go during the season. They let some guys go after the season was over. And now what you're seeing is, as I said, the rebuild with the system fits and the cheap contracts coming in. And listen, I was there when they signed Corey Littleton and applauded it because Corey Littleton like was coming off a great year. Everybody thought it was a great signing. But mm-hmm. and, and even Carl Nassib, some of these guys that they brought in that you mentioned that they're still paying, okay, mm-hmm. this is why they're in that position. Because Gruden and Mayock didn't draft well. They didn't, they didn't build the roster well enough. So what did they do? They were reactionary. They went out and spent big money in free agency. 
and then it came back to haunt them and it's still haunting them today. So I'm not saying you don't make plays and we're going to, again, we're going to get into it more in depth in the next segment as we go through some of these guys assigned. Cause I do believe, especially on the defense, the Raiders have signed bodies. They're the third most active team in free agency, believe it or not. Uh, and I think, I think from a, a cost perspective, it's the same, but they have not done anything markedly notable to make the defense better. They've, they've, they've signed special teams, guys. Very important. Your buddy, Brett, your, your coworker at uh, Bleacher Report talked about that yesterday. He's absolutely true. You got to watch those signings. They're sneaky important, but they've done nothing to the frontline defense that fans can see. So I understand the frustration and we'll get into that. But this idea that you have to make a massive splash isn't right. I'm not excusing because I do think, again, they fell a little short so far. But I think you have to look at it from the long term. And I know the fans who say, I'm tired of waiting. And I don't blame you. But at least this regime has to be given the opportunity for two to three years to try to build the roster with young players. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And and you just hit on a point that I wanted to raise on this show is that this is why you don't run out a GM and a head coach after one year unless you <laughs> dolly know that this guy is not a head coach like Nathaniel right. Hackett in Denver. You knew like the way he was screwing up with game management, clock management, all that stuff. You oh, knew yeah. he wasn't fit to be a head coach. But for the most part, you give guys more than a year because in certain t- in certain situations, especially with Gruden and Mayock. You got to come in and fix the mistakes at the last administration. Made. Right, right. So not only are you trying to build your own roster under, under do your lens, do your vision, you got to correct some of the past mistakes. And like I said, the Raiders are now paying thirty million in dead cap money to players who are not even on the roster. At twenty four, if you exclude Derek Carr, because they did try it with Derek Carr. So if you exclude him, that's about twenty four million in guys that you know previous regime tried it out with it didn't work. The other point I want to make is that a lot of people bring up the 2019 draft. And I will say the 2019 draft wasn't bad because a lot of people ask me about, what about the 2019 draft? Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. I get that. It was a good, decent draft, but it it should have been so much better. That draft class should have been the foundation for the Raiders' positive future. You had three draft picks in the first round. You had four in the top 40. And only one's around. Three of the four guys. Right, three three to four guys not even on the roster. Right, Farrell just signed the 49ers. Abram was cut in the middle of the season. Tra- uh, Trayvon Mullen didn't make it to week one. He right. was traded to the Cardinals. He was banged up. He, I believe he, he was coming off of the surgery. But those three of those top four picks didn't work out. That should have been the foundation for your future. And when you failed and when you whiff on so many of those top picks, it's yep. going to set you back. And I and I hate the argument when people say, well, just imagine Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro were first-round picks. No, no. Because you know why? Leave those guys in the third round. They were third. They were, they were day three gems. Right. Could you imagine if you had hit on at least one or two more of those first round picks? Absolutely. Forget about rearranging the order and saying, well, just imagine this is a yeah. first round guy. No, because you yeah. could have hit on actual first round guys and had a home run draft class just like 2014, but they didn't. Yeah. They whiffed. You, I mean, you look at, you could have had DK Metcalf instead of Jonathan Abram. 
Just saying, right? I mean, there's no. there's plenty of examples from that first round that year. And listen, not every first rounder makes it. Not every draft pick makes it. We talk about the Raiders having to nail this draft, and they do, but it's not going to be 100%. Nobody does 100%. Very rarely. The Chiefs last year were a good example of a team who hit on a very high percentage of their draft picks, at least for last year. Whether they sustain that, we don't know. We don't know if those players will continue that. But they they sure had a lucky year, and they got a really good draft class. But you can't expect that every year. It's just, to me, though, people have to understand that, again, you, you, you go get free agents when you need them, and you see a guy get signed by another team. And I understand from a fan perspective why it makes them angry, because it's like, he didn't cost that much. But at the same time, you have to build that roster. You have to build younger players. And, yes, it means some short-term pain. There's no question. A lot of fans say to me, three, four wins. That could be. It could be six wins again. It could be seven. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, and, really, it's hard, Mo, for us to know exactly what this team's going to look like. As, as, as head-scratching as it's been in some ways so far, until you have the final roster, you just don't know. I, I'll say this. With all that said, because I would have – done things differently i would have made at least one or two splashes in free because that defense needs a Agreed. lot of help it needs a lot they of help. need at least it needs at least four or five starters and as people on twitter say the raider fans out there are saying the chances of you hitting on four or five stars on defense are very low very low so you're not going to fix that defense in one offseason i get that so no. that's why i say the raiders should make should have made one or two splashes they still have time but you know the, the names are dwindling at this point but you have to understand though that we don't know what the plan is, but what I can tell you, what I can tell you is that when you see other rebuilds happen around the league, this is exactly what it looks like. No yeah. big swings in free agency, focus on the draft because of the cheap contracts and hope that the young guns can, can contribute right away. Mo, before we go to the break here, though, I want to hit on that one point. It'll take us a couple more minutes, but you said it this week in the conversation you were having with somebody, and that was... Look, because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you have to lose, right? It, I mean, listen, I'm not saying this is going to be a Super Bowl team. I've said that all along. But because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you have to be a two-win team. You don't have to be Houston from last year. You could yep. still be a team that is close, maybe even closer to 500 than it was this year. Maybe you win seven games. Maybe you win six again. But you don't have to be a, a downright awful team when you rebuild. You can actually re rebuild quickly. People are like, I don't want to wait another five years. Again, you look at Jacksonville, you look at Cincinnati, what they were able to do now. Cincinnati had the number one draft pick in the, in, the, in the entire draft, so I get that. But if you look at Jacksonville, I think it's a good example. Again, they have a franchise quarterback, but look how terrible they were this, a season ago, and then they're a playoff team this year. So I'm not saying the Raiders are five years out, but I think the Raiders in a couple of years, a couple of good drafts, some hopefully free agent signings over the next couple of years, and they can get to the point where they're a playoff team. They can, but I will say this. Because of the way they've handled free agency, it puts a lot of pressure on this year's draft class. Does Dave Ziegler has to hit this draft class out of the park because if he doesn't, they are going to be a three-four win team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if he has a strong, if he has a Seattle Seahawks like draft class, a New York Jet like draft class, a New York Giant like draft class, I I graded the all three draft classes for Bleach Report. I gave them all A's, and they all and they for the most part panned out to look like pretty good draft classes. But again. You have to have the scouting department to find the right players, and you have to have the coaches to develop those players, no matter where they're drafted, first round, fifth round, sixth round. If you don't have the coaching staff to develop those players, you're going to get stuck with a lot of inactives, healthy scratches, guys who don't play, guys who play minimal snaps, or just special teamers. So the Raiders have a lot 
going on this year as far as the draft is concerned, but that's the make or break of this year, of this regime. It's not free agency, though I would like to have seen more free agent pickups from Raiders. The make or break is this year's draft class. No question. All right, we're going to take our first break when we come back here on Silver and Black today. We're going to delve into what the Raiders have done so far, why it's been disappointing, and what we can perhaps learn from it. Uh, and then we will also, in the third segment, we're going to hear from Mo. Mo did a great column up on Sports Not, Sports Not about remaining free agents that are out there that the Raiders still could sign. So there is some hope still. It might be dwindling as these guys come off the board. But we're going to get to that as well. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 